From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Welcome to Outpost Outspoken. I'm Anna Henderson. U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground is located outside the city limits of Yuma, Arizona. Yuma itself is a small city, and many believe they need to leave the city to fulfill their educational needs. Sisters and engineers at YPG, Daniela and Maria Villegas, prove that that is not the case. The sisters from San Luis, Arizona, are here to talk about their path to success and how they support the mission at YPG. Ladies, welcome and thank you for chatting with me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I want to start out by mentioning you are not twins, but you are close in age. Yes, that's right. I'm the oldest sister. Uh, this is Maria, by the way. I'm 14 months older. And this is Daniela. And yeah, we only have one year and two months of age differences. So that's yeah. probably why people think we are doing that. <laughs> right. What's the reaction when people see you ladies together here at YPG? The first thing that they think that we are twins. And sometimes we want to like joke and say that, yes, we are twins, but it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I remember at college, we used to say that we were twins. Just because people get re- really impressed when they see us and we just joke about it. But uh, here at work, we, we say, no, we are not. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't want to confuse people too much yeah. here. Let's uh, talk about your childhood in San Luis. At what age were you both interested in the same subjects or were you ever interested in the same subjects? Uh, this is Maria. Since we were very young, our dad, like he would teach us math. And I guess that's what we really like about this same subject. Uh, he bought us like a small board in markers and he put that on our room he would teach us all the you know the addition and multiplications and all those things before we learned those at school so we just really liked it since we were younger I'm sure you were kind of ahead when you actually started school. By the time we learned that at school, we kind of knew about it before. And then uh, when I was in high school, that's when I learned about the engineering degrees and all the programs that engineering has. At the beginning, I was more interested in industrial engineering. And then I eventually learned about systems engineering. And I preferred that career. So Daniela, she had a different subject in mind. When did you decide you wanted to get into engineering? Um, so I remember when I was little, I didn't like history, geography, or anything like that. I remember I liked math, multiplication, designing, and I was really good at it. So I was like, oh, I want to do something that is related to this. So I wanted to do architecture, but then I, I think I talked with my dad too, and he told me about engineering, and I was like, oh, this looks more fun and more difficult too so I was like kind of into it and I'll, I know there's not a lot of women that are engineers so I was like yeah I want to do this. Now Daniela you're the younger one was it inspiring or mo- motivating to see your sister following this path? Yes it definitely was and it was really helpful to have someone that is going through the same things as you are going through especially if it is your family because they have the same background and they go through the same path as you. Being a student at university is really overwhelming and it's hard because you most of the time are doing homework, study and you know preparing yourself for a lot of things so having someone that totally gets it is is really helpful. She motivated me and inspired me a lot because if she doesn't give up I'm not gonna give up and if I don't give up she's not gonna give up so that was really really cool to have. 
And if you can't do well on a test, you just switch with your sister, right? And then she takes <laughs> the test for you. Yeah, that would. <laughs> now that I, talk, I think about it, it will, it will be a good idea. Why we didn't that? think yeah. about it? Yeah. <laughs> right. But I agree with Daniela. Like having someone uh, studying the same thing as you is very helpful because I guess she was like my roommate that was going through the same things as I was going through and we were helping each other. And if someone didn't understand a, a problem or a task or a homework, the other one maybe did and they can like explain it to each other and stuff. It was good. Talk to me about your education. You both went to school here locally. You didn't have to leave town. And I think that's something else that people also find very interesting about you too. Yes. We went through AWC, which is the Arizona Western College here in Yuma. And they had the systems engineering program at the beginning when we first enrolled. They had two years at college and then one at U of A Yuma, and then the other, the last year will be at U of A Tucson, which is the main campus. But by the time we got to, I think it was our second year, mm-hmm. they had the whole degree in Yuma. So that was awesome for us because we didn't have to move or pay for rent in a different city. And, you know, not everyone has the means to do that. And for us, it was great. It was like a wonderful option. And, and we took it like we went for it. And we are close to our family. Like we like to stay close to them and see them often. So staying in town, it was was like the perfect option, I guess. Yeah, I think the same. I think the the main thing is the moving expenses. And it's also really cool that one weekend you want to relax and be with your family, you can totally do that. And yeah, that was another advantage about it. I asked this question because as I mentioned, I also went to community college here at AWC. Did you ever feel like you were missing out? Uh, this is Maria. <laughs> Not really. Here at, at the community college, they also do a lot of events. And, and I don't think you meet on, on a lot of things at all. Like you still need meet new people and, and go to like different activities. You know, they have sports if you are into sports. And I just really don't think I miss on anything. And what about you, Daniela? I don't feel like I was missing something either. Of course, we didn't have the experience to be late to a class or something <laughs> like that because the campus is really big. Also, another advantage about being local is that the professors pr- pay a lot of attention to you because there is less students in comparison to a class when you have like 100 students. So that's really nice, too. We were really close to our professors and our counselors and stand. Yeah, we also find out that recently Yuma has two more new careers for engineering since we graduated. So hearing that, you know, the campus here in Yuma is growing is really, it's really nice to, to know. We didn't clear this up earlier. Were you ever in the same grades? Yes. Our situation is a little different because uh, when we came from Mexico, I had to take English classes. So I'm the oldest. So I graduated uh, high school in Mexico and then I came over here and then I had to take English and get to the English college level. By then I was able to get my degree classes, I guess, all the generals. And then Daniela, she was in high school. So by the time she graduated high school, I finished my English classes. So we went into the degree at the same time. So we were like taking the same courses at the same time. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Most of the courses, because we had like some difference some in there, different. but most of the courses we were together. What led you to YPG in that, did you two come at the same time? Yes, we did. It was a university. They do research, research around the community and see what the industry wants, what jobs are available for the students. So I remember they had like a jobs fair and they had YPG there, the contractor as well. And that's where we learn about it. 
Yeah, so UVA is always doing uh, events and looking for opportunities to the students so they can graduate and have a job. So I remember that in these events where we where we knew about YPG, we also talked with Consular Alberto and he told us about uh, an opportunity, a job being open here at YPG. And we were like, well, we, let's both apply and whoever gets it, it's going to be fine. I mean, we're going to be happy for each other. And then we found out that they opened another another position, so we, we we both got into YPG because of that. So now tell me what you both do, if you want to start, um, Daniela. I work at the engineering support branch. I work as a general engineer, and I oversee the optics group, which is high-speed television, still photography, and kin- the Kinero tracking mounts. And instrumentation is used on virtually every single test here at YPG. Very important. And tell me about yours. Same thing under the instrumentation division for the engineering support branch as well. But I'm in the tracking radar section. So again, I oversee that section and I try to improve how they support mission, you know, whatever they need. Like, what do you need from us so you can better support the mission? And if you need new tracking radars, okay, what? What do they need to do in order for you to support and improve the mission? You know, what do you love about your job and supporting the mission here at YPG? Uh, this is Maria. <laughs> I love that there is new stuff every day. So every day is like a new challenge. It's like a, a new day to think about how to improve the way that we do stuff. And that's what I really like. It's not like a, a script, you know, that you need to follow. You can, in a way, be free with your thinking and how you do stuff in order to be better and improve. So that's what I really like. And what about you, Daniela? I remember being really stressed and, and thinking there's a lot of things that I need to learn. But all my coworkers and my my team lead and everybody was really patient. They Every time I have a question, they will help me. So I think that's the thing I like most about here, like how everybody is a team and we work together. Before we end this interview, I want to ask you if you have any words of wisdom for kids who have aspirations of being an engineer. This is Daniela. I will say don't give up because I know it gets hard. I know it's stressful and I I do know that there's a lot of things going on at the same time. But don't give up. Give your best. Uh, At the end, it's going to be really worth it. And also don't feel pressure to be a professional. Uh, The first job that you have or whatever internship job, it doesn't matter. Everybody is going to teach you new things. You're going to keep growing, keep learning. So don't give up and give your best. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. Just keep your final goal in mind and keep working towards that. Like it's going to get hard, but it's not going to be hard all the time. Like it's going to get better. And just be sure to like reach out to someone if you need to. Or, you know, like for me, it was my sister. So if you have someone there, like make sure that you you just talk about it and, and like I don't know have some some stuff to like clear your mind and and just take it easy it was so awesome talking to you thank you for sharing your story and also for the work that you do at YPG thank, thank you, you. hello I'm Mark Schauer road trips across thousands of miles of countryside are typical in the United States but not the way retired artillery lieutenant colonel and current YPG airfield operations manager Jim Walk did it. We spoke with him about his grueling trip of a lifetime. 
And in your youth, you took a very long bicycle journey across this country. I did. And in July of 1988, I uh, packed my bags uh, in an airplane, uh, flew across the country to Seattle, Tacoma Airport, and um, put my bicycle together inside the terminal and pedaled it back to um, Fort Monroe, Virginia. How did you ever get the the notion to do that? Uh, it was a kind of silly idea. But I, at the time, I was taking a, a bike mechanic course. And the guy that was teaching us how to do all this, this stuff on a bicycle kept on talking back when I took my cross-country bike trip. And he had so many stories from that particular length of time that he'd done that, that uh, I thought it'd be a pretty cool thing to do myself. How long did it take to, to traverse that distance? It was, it was only, uh, I was on the bicycle for about seven weeks. But I, um, that wasn't all traveling time. I, I spent a week here visiting friends or whatever, but pretty much, yeah, seven weeks. And where all did you go through? I said, start off in Seattle, uh, SeaTac Airport, and I went straight across Washington, uh, over the, over White Pass in the Cascades, Yakima, uh, over to, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the town in Idaho. I don't remember. And it crossed Lolo Pass on the uh, on the, on the western side of the uh, Rockies, and then through Missoula, Montana. After I went through Montana, I went basically straight south in Wyoming, um, and then across and then across Nebraska, and ended up at Fort Leavenworth. And that's where I took a break with uh, for 10 days with friends. And then after that, I, I said, took off again to east, basically just due, due east back to uh, Virginia. I mean, it sounds like you went through some pretty desolate areas in the west. It was very desolate. And when you're on a bicycle and you're not going very fast, uh, it was about a day between towns. So you had to prepare. You, know, you had to make sure you had food and water. Otherwise, you'd been hurting. And the summer of uh, 1988, um, there was a huge fire in uh, at Yellowstone. And um, in fact, that's where I was. I was going. I was going to go through Yellowstone. And when I got off the road in Montana to head towards Yellowstone, all the traffic was coming in my face. And that's when I found out about these huge fires. And I ended up not going that way. So, but. Uh, Montana was an interesting state. You know, it had the uh, the Crow Reservation where the uh, little Bighorn Battlefield was. That was pretty fascinating. But you know, the uh, change in, in venue was no problem. You know. Did you camp out quite a bit? I camped out uh, religiously until uh, probably until uh, Nebraska. Um, when I got to the, the West and Midwest, it was actually cheaper to stay in some of the mom and pop hotels than it was to camp. Now you must have used a lot of calories on this journey. Did you lose a lot of weight? I lost a ton of weight. And I was, uh, when I got back to Virginia, I was about 150 pounds down from about 200 and I could not get enough to eat. I was, <laughs> I was eating five, 6,000 calories probably a day. 
And again, I wasn't going fast. I was going very slowly on the bike, 10, 15 miles an hour. So we, I was using a lot of weight. Just, just do it again? Uh, I, I thought about it. I, I go a different route just to do something differently. In fact, there's a route across Canada, which would add about a thousand miles to the trip, but it looked like it'd be, be something I hadn't done before. So maybe that would be something to do after I retire. Jim Walker, it's really good talking with you. Yeah. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.